Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello and you're very welcome along to this week's episode of the Group Chat Podcast from Virgin Media News. I am political correspondent Gavin Riley, joined in studio by news correspondent Zara King. Hello, Zara, happy Christmas. And to you, and by news correspondent Richard Chambers. And so this is Christmas. <laughs> and what, and what have, have we, done? we done? What indeed have we done? We actually we will talk in some depth in a little while about what we have done, because we'd have a little... It's Christmas colour on our logo as well, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's our, it's our standard logo. I was going to say, yeah. nothing has changed, set designers, but all right. But it does look Christmassy if you look yeah, at yeah, it. Our yeah. set designers have made the set look extra Christmassy by keeping it as red as exactly. it always was. <laughs> and it's cold out, isn't it? It's freezing. It's been it's the, freezing, the week yeah. where you're like, actually, this is the, the week for the gloves. Like, I don't know whether you guys... Oh, really I love. love I get gloves. the gloves out in September now. I love the leather gloves. Really? Once it hits September, I'm like, it's fair game. Like an early them. 2000s Premier League footballer. Yes. The gloves are on. <laughs> the gloves. gloves are on. Because I, I, I always feel like sort of like early October, sort of budget day time is where I'd usually be 50-50 as to whether I've broken out like gloves? the coat or the gloves. I mean, I wasn't even wearing a coat on the news until about three weeks ago. And now it's yeah. like... What? I actually was kind of the same. I'd normally, you'd normally get to, like, it's kind of December is when the big, big coat comes out. Mm. Oh, the good and coat. And then the big, big coat stays out until March. That's the Arsene Wenger full-length duffel coat. Yeah, sort of yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on, on the more serious side, the weather has been possibly, maybe not the biggest story of the week, but it's the one that we can't all get away from. And Zara, you've actually been, you've yeah. been out of Met Aaron today. I just how, came how, from Met Aaron. now, How much long is this going to go on? Oh, so it's going to be... I said, like, is it going to get better at the weekend? And they said, it'll just be less cold at the weekend. <laughs> Thanks, Matt Aaron. <laughs> like, so, like, w- like, warmer? And they were like, less no. cold, less cold. But, yeah. like, what, what's actually happening at the moment? Because, like, I mean, yeah. obviously at the start of the week, there was all the, okay, there's some snow around and all that sort of stuff. But is there anything actually happening apart from it just being very cold? Well, there's an orange weather warning in place starting from tonight. So when you're watching this on TV tonight, the orange weather warning will be in place and it will continue until midday tomorrow. And then a further orange weather warning for basically the whole country then, except for Donegal, uh, from Thursday evening at six o'clock. So uh, it's basically, yeah, icy, sleety, kind of, you know, frosty conditions could drop as low as minus 11, which is... Um, wow. Yeah. I wonder, is that a record we should check? I should check Probably that. not. It's, it's, I think I they would have, they would we were actually, we were yeah. saying just before we came on air, I think oh, it, it was possibly even. a temperature in the, like, the late 2009-2010 cold snap. There was something that was comparable or slightly more than that. Yeah. But yeah, like... It was minus 7.5 last night was the lowest temperature recorded last night. So yeah. it's, yeah, like it's it's mad. Um, it's It's basically... Um, due to continue until like well into the weekend um, in terms of whether we're going to have a white Christmas too early to say unfortunately wow. I know I, I, so sorry, I, wait, I think they're hanging on to us with that one you know they always say this every year I know but we love it though it's, it's one of the staples of Christmas yeah. you know, when you're working until the 23rd of December you watch me drag the arse out of that are you working until the 23rd I'm working until the Same. 23rd and I yeah. can promise you now viewers that I will either be in Dublin airport oh with gosh, heartwarming reunions <laughs> 
and asking Matt Aaron is it going to snow on Christmas that's exactly what Sarah King will be doing next yeah, week right. yeah, yeah, pouring coffee in himself is supposed to be the only way you're going to stay warm outside doing lives <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's the, the, the secret trick it's just it a, is the outside nature coffee. of the lives though I find most challenging at the moment well uh, speaking of, of being out in the airport yeah. you, you've already spent a lot of time out in the airport because the yeah. what, what goes in hand in hand with cold weather is the old travel chaos and there's been a fair amount of that in the airport this week yeah there's been a bit of chaos so there was about 70 flights cancelled there's been about se- there were 70 flights cancelled in and out on Monday now we were talking about this it's, there's about 600 flights today so it's 70 of 600 okay okay but that's still 70 that's like, still, like, still, people involved, still people yeah. involved like yeah I mean like there was a group of people I met that were going for a weekend away for example to Liverpool and they were meant to go on the Friday the flight was cancelled and then like basically their whole weekend was kind of cut in half and then when they were coming back it was delayed so they were delayed going back to work. It's just really annoying for people effectively but look, it's weather um, but there's definitely a feeling and Mary Lou MacDonald raised this in, in the door mm. yesterday that like, you know, Dublin is a main like European airport like, you know, we should be able to kind of operate when should it gets though? a little bit cold. I don't, country, think, that's, I don't think that's true though. I actually don't think that's true. Like, I mean, that's actual, true. Heathrow had problems. Gatwick had problems. Everywhere had problems. Like, yeah. What are we talking about? It, Does, it did is is seem, Eamon Ryan meant to put a roof in like, the airport? It did seem slightly true. can't take off of the roof in the airport. It's one thing for the summer when we were talking talking about the front door of the nation being in rag order because I couldn't deal with all the passengers who far wanted be, to leave the country. Far be it for me to defend Dublin Airport. I was going to say, like, <laughs> literally the quote it's, of the year, the front door of the nation banging off its hinges. Yeah. It's Richard a, you, you can't take the fingal out of Richard. He's just trying to defend the airport at all costs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know whether Eamon Ryan can reasonably be expected to keep the airport running when there's, like, negative temperatures and... Like planes need de-icing. I, I don't know how that's supposed to And like the de-icing like Dublin Airport we're saying does take actually quite some time and everything and it's actually like then you've got obviously aircraft are getting delayed and their slots and everything. So look, it's been a bit of a chaotic week. Um, obviously, I suppose anyone travelling next week home for Christmas will hope that the weather will have improved. Mm. But my parents, not, they're, they're definitely not wedded to what's going to happen next week at the moment. Mm. Just less okay. cold is the message for the weekend. Uh, we, <laughs> yeah. we made a passing mention there just there being some travel chaos or some chaos in, in people's lives caused yes. by all of this. Um, Zara King has been accused of completely ruining we have I think to be able to show our, our viewers on TV we have a page from this week's edition uh, this week's uh, West Kerry edition um, of the Kerry Man newspaper the headline and that was the end of trying to keep it a secret about a newly engaged couple who claimed that they mm. had their lovely surprise for all of their friends completely scooped by Zara King reporting on the Virgin News at 5.30 now, on last Monday evening. Now, we sort of feel like we need to put the record a bit straight on this. Stuff. Well, so I, this couple, a gorgeous couple just got engaged in New York. We met them at the airport. We interviewed them on the way out of the airport and their connecting flight to Kerry had been cancelled um, and they were hoping to get home to share their good news. Mm. Um, we, Joni and I interviewed them and everything was great and like we said goodbye and best of luck. And then I read in the paper that apparently I've ruined their engagement surprise. Yeah, Anthony and Emma had just returned home to Dublin <laughs> Airport from an unforgettable Forgettable trip to New York City where Anthony had popped the question to his longtime girlfriend under the Christmas tree at Rockefeller Centre. Good spot. And there was a lovely picture of them getting engaged, actually. Yeah, very nice. As the pair were just Mm. making their way out of the airport to head to the train station, they were stopped by journalist and news correspondent with Virgin Media News, Zara King. And it's here that Anthony and Emma's plans to keep their engagement a secret went out the window. We were on a week-long holiday in New York, said Anthony. I only proposed on the Saturday because I thought if I did any earlier in the week, she said no, then I'd have banjacks the holiday. Good thinking, that was a good, that was good thinking. Good, good yeah. to leave it fair towards fair the fair end. Fair. Uh, so we thought no more of it and we started travelling home on the Sunday. We get back to Dublin, which we're completely jet-lagged, had no sleep. We're heading out the door. Zara King is just there with a microphone. Uh, Emma kind of looked at me as if to say, don't mention anything about the engagement on the news. But sure, I just blurted it out. And of course, that was the end of trying to keep the secret. And but they didn't said, tell me it was a secret, though. This is the point. Okay, let, let's just get into pause this. for a sorry. second. No, no, but they, sorry, the best line. Read that line. Anthony, Read that line. Anthony said that he was told by Zara that the couple's interview would air on the nine o'clock news that night. Back check. 
fact check. There is no nine o'clock news on Virgin Media. We don't have a nine o'clock yeah. news. There's a, lot, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of backtracking going yeah, on here. Yeah. Do we want to set the record safe by showing people exactly what happened between you all? Outside yeah, let's have dinner? a look at the. Let's watch the tape. Let's get the receipts out. When did you find out your flight was cancelled? Uh, about two hours after we had checked in. Yeah, so we had dropped off the bags, all of that stuff. And he got an email. Did no announcement over the intercom. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. So we'll just have to chase it up now. Finally got our bags back, but um, I'd say next train we can get hopefully it'll be seven o'clock. We run for a taxi now. Just travelled to America. Uh, we were in New York for um, a week, so we just got back, and our connecting flight then was to Kerry. So. So kind of a weird end to the holiday, I suppose. Yeah. We just got engaged in New York as well. So this is like, um, we just got engaged in New York. So this is like the, <laughs> the story that we won't be telling. But yeah. For better, for worse, guys. Yeah. Touche. Touche. Together, we got a shot of you together there now. Hold on. Ah, oh, this is gorgeous. I love a story like this now. You know I love a story like this. Thanks, right, lads. <laughs> Come at the king. You best not miss. <laughs> Poor, uh, very poor Anthony and Emma because like Anthony's going to kill me now this couple are definitely they're probably going to be like well oh, in fairness yeah I know in fairness but like so I had no chit chat after that because like yeah, I, you I know, watched the footage when I was cutting that clip yeah. so basically they, they posed for the camera they well Joni told me get out of the way so I ran into the terminal I went bye 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 ran into the terminal building and then she got a shot of them walking off mm. so I was like there was, was no that. small talk oh. about night and but anyway listen either way congratulations to both of them I think this is a great engagement story yeah. personally um, but I absolutely did not let the cat out of the bag I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the Carryman's clarifications page. Next <laughs> oh well, issue. Fergus, it's a Fergus Denny. He's the journalist who wrote it. Looks he messaged me. He man. did message me last night. <laughs> Not oh, at no. all. He actually said. He actually said to me, "I hope this gets a mention on the group oh, chat." It did. So it has. It has. His way. Has there you go, now, Fergus. <laughs> um, before we, we uh, go to a break, uh, we, we said we were going to mention and look at it. It's very brief. I actually don't think we'll go too much into the weeds of it because yeah. it's happening this Saturday. We've already spoken a little bit about the cabinet reshuffle. The closer that we get to it, it sort of seems like it's it's all going to be a little bit of a non-event. I mean, yes, there's the whole pomp and ceremony mm. of Atishuk resigning and a new one being appointed. It's not really pomp and ceremony, though. It's there's no a, ceremonial maces and stuff like that. Like. <sighs> I was going to say, well, at least there is pomp, but I'm actually sure no, there's no pomp, pomp either. There's Cer- there is a ceremony. Is, there's there's ceremony. Ha- is there nothing happening then? What actually happens, Gav? Uh, so, Michal Martin goes down to the Oris on Saturday morning and hands in his resignation. Then he comes back to the Dole. The Dole meets on Saturday morning. Uh, everyone goes, why are we here on a Saturday morning? Michal goes, I've gathered you all here because la, la, la. I've just resigned. Lol, lol, lol. Uh, we need to appoint a new Taoiseach. They have a debate about whether Leo Varadkar should be the Taoiseach. Uh, at about one o'clock, the Dáil votes and appoints Leo Varadkar's Taoiseach. He says, grand thanks, off to the Oris. Um, spends the afternoon filling the cabinet, which is where there'll probably be very little drama because we doesn't look like there's going to be many personnel exchanged at all. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes back in at five o'clock, he announced who has what job uh, and then they head off to the Oris that night and get their seals and that's really about it. So um, for something which, which was set, set up as this kind of real political fixture and this kind of real halfway point it's actually going to be very underwhelming when it comes to it I think So no major changes expected apart from Michal is probably going to go to foreign affairs isn't that right? Yeah that, that's the one thing that we're all looking out for is which job does Michal Martin take for himself the expectation is that he will go to foreign affairs because he has just gotten very invested 
in foreign affairs and he's also very interested in Northern Ireland. And I met one of the print Paul Corps in the coffee shop across from Menster House which does very good sandwiches by the way. Uh, just, I'm not an ad, just facts. They do great sandwiches over there. You can't get a freshly made sandwich in Dublin. Sorry, that's for another week. But anyway, <laughs> but sorry, one of the girls is saying to me that she doesn't think he's going to go to go to foreign affairs. Mm. So I'd where does that person think he'll go? Um, maybe that business portfolio. So that enterprise job that yeah. he was doing is a straight swap. Maybe, well, yeah. This, this, this is, this is one thing that we could look out for because they, they have now become so cautious and they want to upset so few people that they could literally just do a direct job swap. You become Tonish Minister for Enterprise and, and leave it at that. Is it time mm. to apologise to Stephen Donnelly? Uh, well, we'll see <laughs> in, in next week's episode, which there won't be. Uh, that's a hark back to uh, for longstanding listeners who will know that I confidently predicted the dismissal of Stephen Donnelly uh, in an episode uh, much earlier this year, um, which now seems less and less likely because of the prospects yes. of there being less personnel being changed. So is that like is that is that the thing then? Because if you're if you're going to move one person out of a job and then they're on their own, then it's it's much more of a it's much more of a yeah, thing. If, if it were a, a more wide-scale reshuffle and you're you're moving mer- multiple personnel mm. in and out, then it doesn't look like you've sacked any individual one yes. of them. You've just decided to rotate. If you were to only dismiss one minister and then re- appoint one other one, it looks like a sacking. And if he was the only person to be dropped out of cabinet, then it would look really bad. Uh, but to be fair, Stephen Donnelly has been doing a, a lot of work at cabinet, which we're going to talk about, I think, in just a couple of minutes. A question for the two of you. Um, can you think of any examples where you went to cover a story and started out being very dispassionate and thought that you were just showing up to put a microphone in, some, in front of someone to get the clip, to get the sound bite and go, right, Grant, thanks very much. And then find yourself getting really emotionally invested in it as you were there. Mm, I'm really emotionally invested in like like average stuff. Well, so probably not me. That's, but what, makes you, that's yeah. what makes you so I mean, cool. I'm just over emotional about a lot of things. The reason I like... ask that is because yesterday was one of those examples. Yesterday, Tuesday, because uh, I got sent to a very quick and very hastily arranged media event outside government buildings where Stephen Donnelly was going to be announcing some changes to the law on surrogacy. Mm. And I went along and I had a few other things to do on that lunchtime. So I thought it was literally just a case of show up with a camera, put a microphone in front of his uh, mouth, mm. get a soundbite or two, grand job done. And came away like really like emotionally touched by some of the scenes that were there because when Stephen Donnelly was announcing these changes to surrogacy law he was surrounded by a couple of other ministers but he was also surrounded flanked by um, people parents of children who were born through surrogacy mm. and I, I don't think I've ever been in an event before where I saw people just spontaneously crying with relief mm. and joy because of what was being announced by a minister uh, in front of them um, this is a long overdue thing and actually Zara you, you've been talking to a very high profile yeah. uh, exponent of this campaign Yeah so Rosanna Davison's one of the campaigners who's been working on this and her daughter Sophia was born in 2019 uh, via surrogate in Kiev, and I suppose look, for Rosanna the situation has been that her husband Wes is recognised as um, Sophia's father but that Rosanna was not recognised legally as her mother so this is a really big substantial moment for her family and we've been talking to her getting her reaction today Well for my family it means that I will be legally recognised as my daughter Sophia's mother I'm her biological mother and I've been waiting for over three years for this really since uh, she was born in Kiev in 2019. It's, uh, you know, it's so positive for a multitude of reasons from medical consent forms to um, inheritance tax reasons, but, you know, we'll be seen as a, a legal family and she'll have two legal parents as well, which is so important. And she'll be equal to her brothers, Hugo and Oscar, who um, I gave birth to in 2020. And it just means as well that I I don't have to have that conversation with her in the future that I was dreading to tell her that she's not equal to her brothers legally. And um, despite being all related, despite being an Irish citizen. And, you know, I was I was 
really dreading the the psychological stress that that may have had on her. So it's positive for for many, many reasons. Um, And, you know, I do appreciate there's still work to be done in 2023, but really it's the best Christmas present for for our family and the hundreds, if not thousands of other Irish families with children born through surrogacy. Um, It's a hugely significant day for creating equality for children. And ultimately, that is what this campaign has been all about. Equality for, for Irish children so that they're not in the situation that Sophia was in where she's not seen as legally equal to her brothers. I think some of what Rosanna's saying there completely speaks to what I was hearing from some of the parents that were there mm-hmm. at that event yesterday because they were all openly talking about how one thing they kept saying was that this is going to be the last Christmas where the kids are coming down the stairs and they're not recognised as a, a traditional nuclear family yeah. in the eyes of the state. And for those of us who don't ever have to, to worry about those sorts of complications or the legal quandaries of all of this, like it must be an enormous thing, first of all, to have to deal with that being the law, but then to know that it's it's going to be resolved sooner rather than later. Yeah, and like Rosanna has spoken very publicly about the fact that she suffered multiple miscarriages before they made the decision to opt for surrogacy. And then as she mentioned there, then she, um, shortly after Sophia was born, was lucky to um, go on to have twins and give birth to twins herself. So uh, she's actually a very busy mum of kind of effectively three under three. And and that's why she was kind enough to chat to us in the car there. Um, So, you know, she would recognise totally that she is one of the lucky ones. She recognises as well that, you know, surrogacy is incredibly expensive. But that, you know, for couples who want to uh, create a family, that this is, you know, this is an option now and that this is something that um, if you can, if you're fortunate enough to be able to do it and can afford to do it, that that it is something that people will potentially choose to do. I'll take a listen to what you say about that. It really does. It it means that surrogacy surrogacy has become, um, you know, it's it's still expensive, but when you sort of exclude the, the legal fees that people would face without the legislation, then it does become a little bit more feasible for individuals or, or couples to start a family. And, you know, this this legislation is historic. It's, um, you know, setting a precedent as well for other countries. And I'm, I'm proud of Ireland for, for being progressive and recognising the need for legislation because surrogacy has grown so much in, I wouldn't say the words popularity is the right word to use, but, um, you know, couples have been um, creating families through surrogacy over the past number of years and I just feel that the conversation has really um, really become so much more widespread mainstream and positive about surrogacy and um, yeah it's just a means for for couples or individuals who are otherwise struggling to have a family to actually you know welcome a baby or or multiples um, so it's, it's it can only be a positive thing and it's also a recognition that families aren't created in the traditional way and that there are, are other means to parenthood, um, you know. It recognises the families aren't always created in a traditional way, the sort of parting point there from Rosanna Davison. And for people who don't know, I mean, it's been it's been well told this year, Rosanna actually helped the woman who gave birth to Sophia uh, to come to Ireland with her family oh, after yes. the war broke yeah. out in Ukraine. That, yeah. yeah, and actually they have a gorgeous relationship and they're very, very close actually. And um, Rosanna was saying they're going to spend a bit of time together this weekend and uh, they've got, I think, the, the surrogate mum's uh, daughter has a birthday this weekend as well and all the kids are really good friends and they will grow up knowing one another mm. and having that relationship and um, you know so look I suppose they're one of the lucky ones that it's been a happy ending for them but certainly this is a real progressive step. Something that has to be worked on um, early next year to actually get that legislation done because it's been done in a kind of a complicated way legally speaking Mm. so it's going to take a little bit of nuance to get talked through uh, in the Oireachtas but um, Stephen Donnelly was saying that he expects to be the guy 
who basically talks it through the committee. Yeah, and so. to be fair, Rosanna did point out to Stephen Donnelly and was really grateful to him actually and just thank him. So yeah. credit where it was due so there, she did thank which, him for Which that. might be why I'm going to be disproven when that reshuffle happens. <laughs> but thanks to Rosanna for speaking to us because I know it's, it's an emotive thing. She's been a very outspoken supporter for it, but um, yeah. glad she was able to join us. Um, on another matter entirely, um, that's a, a really big story for those families. There's a bit of a big story this year, Richard, this week rather, which could be a huge story for the world. Forevermore. Uh, the one thing I found in doing the group chat is how excited I get about scientific discoveries. I was only going through other <laughs> older videos the uh, other day, and you got so excited about that giant telescope. Yeah, in the summertime, the web, the web telescope, web telescope which yeah. I'm going to mention again later under a different context. Okay, but fusion power, Gav. Fusion power. What is fusion power? Fusion power is the holy grail of scientific discoveries. It effectively will promise limitless. Energy. We're in an energy crisis. Do you know how much like a difficult it is to even power homes and all that yes. sort of moment? But your people are wondering, like with the cold snap this week, people are wondering, like when can they turn the heat off? It's so cold. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Th- this isn't going to f- this isn't going to solve all this now. Okay. Okay. But this is for the future that you'd have limitless energy. Where you put in less energy that comes out, which is incredible, and it's also clean. So okay. we have obviously all the fossil fuel giants, your shells, your BPs, and all that sort of stuff, and they're all being pressed on what they're going to do for the future. Well, the answer could be. Not just around the corner, because it's probably not that close. It could be a couple of decades away. But something which was almost thought impossible to happen has actually happened this week. So we had uh, this discovery in the US uh, that they have made a breakthrough on this. That they put in less energy than came out. Uh, And one of the uh, scientists behind this, uh, the fabulously named Dr. Marv Adams, explains really the experiment that they carried out. There's a tiny cylinder here at the end of this that you probably can't see. It's about so tall and this wide. Inside that was a a small spherical capsule about half the diameter of a BB. 192 laser beams entered from the two ends of the cylinder and struck the inner wall. They didn't strike the capsule, they struck the inner wall of this cylinder and deposited energy. And that happened in less time than it takes light to move 10 feet, so it's kind of fast. X-rays from the wall impinged on the spherical capsule. Fusion fuel in the capsule got squeezed. Fusion reactions started. This had all happened before, a hundred times before. But last week, for the first time, they designed this experiment so that the fusion fuel stayed hot enough, dense enough, and round enough for long enough that it ignited and it produced more energies than the lasers had deposited. About two megajoules in, about three megajoules out, a gain of 1.5. The energy production took less time than it takes light to travel one inch. Kind of fast. So this is pretty cool. Um, I have a special message to listeners who want to work on exciting, challenging, and important problems. We're hiring. So, like, when he says pretty cool, like, he's not wrong. Like, it is pretty cool. It's pretty an amazing thing. Like, yeah. they've been literally working decades on this. Like, the, there's only a few of these fusion reactors anywhere in the world. They literally heat up, the inside of the reactor heats up to 100 million degrees. Mm-hmm. So that is literally hotter than the centre of the sun. Several times hotter than the centre center of the sun. That, there's a few of those, a handful of those that exist. So it's basically the hottest surface anywhere in the, universe, in, in the solar system. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, this is the basis of potentially what is going to be. The fuel of the future could save the climate, could save the planet. Wow. Pretty remarkable that people like Marv are out there and doing it in such 
kind of enjoyable I, way I to claim you things. love him you literally yeah, love him we were, really watch, we were watching that clip and we're just like it's just the coolest man it's great get my on. I like, I like good, good science explained well just yeah. a late, late entry for your hero of the year yeah. maybe we'll <laughs> talk about that in a second we? <laughs> get him on number one <laughs> many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Now, we've done enough foreshadowing for this. We might as well get right to it. This is our last episode of the group chat for 2022. It's the last one of series two. We were back in the new year, uh, but more about that and on. Uh, But to close off the year, we decided that the only appropriate thing to do would be to have the first ever Grand Gala Grand Prix group chat annual awards of the year, hereafter known as the groupies. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. Um, The first category that we, we, and we put out um, on our Instagram accounts asking people for some suggestions. And thank you to everyone who got back to all three of us because some of your ideas were were great. Um, Favourite news moment of the year? Of the year. Sarah. Well, I mean, the first one on the list is the, we all kind of felt the wag at the Christie trial was absolutely. Oh, yeah, like, I mean, I mean it really was. It's very hard to sort of look past that as a favourite and sort gold. of a, a positive sort of thing. Yeah. Like, we all were very invested in it. Yes. Mm. There's a lot out of it. It was very easy to get invested in. To it, it ran about three of our episodes, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, we, we have a lot to be thankful for. So enjoyed the drama of it. So mm. enjoyed the back and forth. Just so enjoyed the whole thing. So with that as an obvious first place winner, yes. the, the first ever groupie award. Well, well done, Rebecca Vardy. That, that's she you. She gets to claim the cup. She gets to it's win the cardboard something. cup. It's a recyclable <laughs> cup. But uh, uh, a cup that would uh, suit very well at the bottom of an ocean. That's, a, mean, that's a trial gag there. But there was just so many great yeah, ones. Yeah, were the highlights for you? Yeah, I mean, a couple of other ones that kind of stood out. It's actually really hard to remember a lot of the stuff that happened this year, but I think Michael D. Higgins going a bit rogue on the housing rant back in June mm. was really like... I'm, I still like remember sitting there that day uh, down in Kildare and he just literally he did not hold back he called it out for what it was and I thought you know what this is quite a this is quite a big take from him and it was it ended up being just a really like you know impressive story in the end in the sense of the way he went he went about it and it was something that like the president doesn't normally do actually mm. like he never normally comments on things like that or he doesn't really well, he but Michael he has yeah. now probably recently but, but normally previously yeah. you wouldn't have seen the president really kind of go go straight out like that and then you know actually it was interesting because in the in the following days after that I ended up kind of doing a case study with a family who had just found out they were going to be evicted from their home the same day that he had made that point I just thought you know the whole thing it just really captured I think like the crisis of our time in a way that was um, quite powerful actually and quite mm. quite impressive sure yeah. yeah yeah Richard your idea for moment of the year well it was Wagata really so yeah. I mean <laughs> we did have a lot of listener suggestions for this 
some of those included, you know, the Irish fishermen beating Russia back at the start of the year. Sorry, oh, can we just Sorry. recap on that for a second? Beating, beating yeah. Russia, but they they, they defeated <laughs> Russia totally. in, the, in the in the in the great history of Irish moral victories. It was a, an absolutely titanic moral victory for it the was West like Cork how, fishermen. How Ireland won in the Luzhniki Stadium when we got a nil nil draw against them in the qualifiers. Pretty pretty much, like I mean, it it, it was fairly short lived as a victory because obviously everything that happened afterwards, afterwards was obviously afterwards. put into different context. But it was something which was kind of like a, a, just a one of those weird stories that happens in Ireland um, that we all sort of get really invested in. The media camped outside the Russian embassy while the fishermen went in for a meeting and then like we all waited to see what the fishermen yes. had been told. Like, you know, it was <laughs> it was so brilliant like really when you look at it at the time. Uh, other stuff as well, the trial of the four-day work week. Uh, the coverage of the Queen's funeral, which is strange enough one, maybe somebody enjoyed the pomp and circumstance of all that. Mm. Uh, removal of the blood donation ban for men who have sex with men. That's yes. a brilliant one. Yes. Yeah, very much so. Yes. Yeah. That was good, yeah. That's something which, they've, which advocates of that have been looking for for a long, long time. That has been such, yeah, that is such a long running thing and mm. it has mm. been decried for such a long, long time that it is mad that it came down to 2022 mm. for it to be finally lifted. And the other uh, listener suggestion, uh, was really England brought a cat home from the World Cup. <laughs> so Kyle Walker and John Stones found this. So there's apparently loads of stray cats who are walking around the World Cup in Qatar. Uh, Qatar, perhaps. Oh, oh, but anyway, they took the cat home with them. They didn't take the World Cup home with them. I didn't even them, know that happened. They Gab, took what, the cat home. what was your one? My one, we have tried so hard not to talk too much about the pandemic on this pod because yeah. everyone is kind of sick to death of, of thinking about it and dealing with all the, the baggage yeah. that came with it. Um, but honestly, that day in January where the restrictions were lifted wholesale mm. quicker than a lot of us mm. had ever expected. And and even though there was always this threat of maybe something much more come around the corner, like it really did feel that time more than any other time that, you know, this was the end of us standing around outside outside or inside government buildings at the Department of Health yeah. on Friday evenings waiting to see how our lives were going the to day be. Today I got evicted from the Department of Health having lived <laughs> there for two years. You were, you were getting very close to having squatters rights. I was. Um, I, I mean, was. aside from that being the day that we also all met up outside a cafe on Back Street cold. and decided, you know, we should do a podcast. We did. Which was a nice, nice thing. Glad that was the day. That but was that day, It actually, was that yeah. day uh, because we were we were very rarely allowed to be together otherwise yeah. because you'd, you'd always run the risk of being in close contact with somebody. Was it a sausage roll they had there? You got a, you, you got a sausage, sausage roll. roll yeah. I got the vegetarian sandwich and we sat on this. The bench didn't even fit the three of us on it. No. Three of us squashed onto this bench outside this coffee shop we're like here we do this podcast then yeah but the idea that you know we had, we had heard so many lines of poetry and it would there were so many different heaney lines or we were told if we can winter yeah. this then you can oh. you can winter 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 yeah. And, yeah. and we'd finally we'd wintered it out and it was over and that the, the virus wasn't gone away but that we were allowed to go back to living normal lives and to have I love how much stuff. we've all just gone back to normal I think it's so brilliant because remember there was times where we'd be like will we ever do this again will we ever do that again and I just love that we've all just gone yeah we just do everything mm. again like you know we're all back to kind of yeah obviously living for, our for, lives. Everybody, for everybody that isn't the case no um, but for, for the whole like as, as a sort of a at large absolutely it was and it yeah. was it was a very much a curtain closing on that sort of long national period of mm. worry and freak out whenever you heard you saw the podium coming outside government buildings and again, as you say, Gav, you know, Seamus Heaney poems and <laughs> so we references to other pop culture so We ran out of poetry. Yes. We literally ran out of poetry. Did you know that day, though, that it was definitely over? Because I think we had had so many kind of moments where things were good and then the tide would turn. Like, it was kind of, even though we, we, it was exciting, I remember thinking, oh God, like, I really hope we're not, like, pre prematurely celebrating. <laughs> I or, think you know. that the, it was the scale of everything, the fact that they stood so much down at once that yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't even like they were leaving the architecture in place yeah. and they could step it up again. Like, it wasn't, like, back in the old days where you'd go from level five to three but that you still had the space mm -hmm. to go back to four and five. It was like, they were like, nah, we're done with that now. 
it is it is an insufficient threat to warrant any changes. But I just remember the like just the government buildings is not a place where you get vibes. Yeah, the, the vibes in government buildings that nice, day were, were great. Vibes. There was an instant happiness. Like I remember. Um, I had a sort of a half smile on my face during the news of 5.30. You and went TG viral. Carr, yes. TG Carr did a viral tweet. Yes. Intern TG Carr took a screen grab of you smiling. Uh, yeah, that was really And shared it. And, and that if that wasn't just a screen grab that told the story of a nation yeah. that day. But the fact that, like, I think there was, from the public, there was a sense of mission accomplished about this. And you, yeah. can, you, can, you can, like, it'll only be in the long run you'll see, well, whether or not that was really the end of it or whatever. Um, but, like, there was really a sense of there was a huge achievement. There was a lot of relief that day anyway. Yeah, definitely. Mm, yeah. definitely. Uh, which is what, and like you said, people have gone back to normality pretty quickly, which is why we're not going to talk well, about Well, it's more like again. the festive period. Like just when you think of like, it's been nice to go for like, you know, drinks and dinners with people this month. Like, I mean, when you forget, like the last mm, two years, yeah. the, last, like, two the years. last two years, it kind of was like, uh, this year I've really enjoyed the run up to Christmas in a way that I probably never did before because maybe just the last two years we just couldn't have it. Mm. Like, so it's been, that's been really special actually. Uh, bringing kids to Santa and Santa not being behind yeah. Perspex is much better. Did the girls uh, love yeah, it? But, yeah, well, it was go? much more enjoyable than, than Santa being hidden behind a Perspex screen for the last couple <laughs> of years. Um, happy slash good news story of the year, which is sort of similar, not necessarily the same thing because people have, have favourite moments that aren't necessarily a happy or a I good I just want story. to give a shout out to all the girls who messaged me saying that they were pregnant. Love that for you. <laughs> love that for them. Congratulations to you. Yeah, I hope everything goes well that. for you next yeah. year. One overwhelming suggestion that we did get back to happy or good story of the year yeah. was the Ireland women's soccer team qualifying yes. for the Women's World Cup. It's yeah. nice, isn't it? It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so nice that in fact there was basically no other suggestions it actually was it. such an overwhelming way and like yeah. that is something mm. that is something which, which is worth reflecting on because it is something that over the last number of years has picked up so much traction not just women's football but like women's oh, sport women's as sport. a whole yeah. and how much that our in this country our number one sporting heroes have mm. trended towards being women Mm. That is something which we've seen with Katie Taylor, Kelly Harrington, Leona Maguire, uh, you know, Ellen Keane, all these people over and over and over and over and over. You're seeing more and more of our top sports people being women. Mm. And that's having a huge inspiring influence, not just on young girls, because we always do this. We always say, well, there'll be young boys watching this when they're watching Lionel Messi in the World mm. Cup and blah, 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 blah. Young people. Not. Yeah. This is it. The, the the catchment and the amount of people who've attended Ireland internationals for the women's team uh, in Tala or wherever else they may be now in the future, hopefully the Aviva for some of those get big games. Yeah. Um, that's something to be remarked on. It is something which shows, again, just, you know, if you do back women's sport, mm it's going to have a huge impact and it is yeah. and it has a huge overwhelmingly positive and, and it'd be amazing just to see how, how society takes to that next summer when the tournament is actually it's on massive. Like, oh, it's will it be like, the it's Italian it's going to be absolutely enormous you know? like and, and will, will they have this breakout moment where like people remember where they were well it's the only one on the list there it's the only one that actually only one, yeah. 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 no pressure Vera it kind of says a lot though doesn't it <laughs> like that was a standout moment for unanimous people. one for yeah. the girls in green yeah. for a happier good news story congratulations worst gaff of the year not uncontested I have a list as long as my arm for this one do you want to talk us through some of the options then some of the options that people suggested are ones which we'll all be familiar uh, with at this point um, we talked a lot on this podcast about Leo Varadkar in recent weeks and his um, the grass may appear greener elsewhere but mm. it often isn't uh, people still believe that's a bit of a gaff. he's obviously walked that back to some degree shows that he believes it's a bit of a gaff. Uh, one person just suggesting Will Smith at the Oscars uh, slapping Chris Rock was a gaff. I would say it's a gaff, all right. Yeah, I think gaff is probably not the right word for it. No. I think it was a bit more than that. It was, it was, yeah. a, it was, a, gaff. It was an uber yeah. gaff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Eamon Ryan, uh, who has uh, over recent years would have dominated this category mm. uh, for repeated gaffs in, <laughs> in, in, from 2020 to 2022. Uh, his standout one this year apparently is when he was at, I think it was at a European summit and he was like trying to come up with the words for 
Russia. Yeah. Uh, and he the couldn't. people who invaded Ukraine. Yeah. And he went all around the houses. What, he was he like said, the USSR. Oh, the, the European, the, the, the USS, the, the Soviet, the, Russia. Yeah. Russia. But that he even went as far as like Soviet Union. Like that was He got there that was the vintage. Yeah. Uh, Robert Troy owning properties and then running away from questions is another one from a listener there. Uh, so have, your have your fingers recovered from nearly getting caught in this door outside Montreal? <laughs> yeah, a, psych a psychosomatic injury is what, what happened there that day <laughs> to, my, to my hand. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, people, there's plenty. In fairness, we're never short in Irish politics of, of suggestions, really. No, uh, somebody says uh, Rebecca Vardy uh, and her hubris is the gaff of the year. Yeah, it's um, a great yard. There's other ones. Um, we actually, we've picked out the one audio clip uh, because somebody said that just Liz Truss's very existence. That was me. Is, you know, was that you that said that? Me, yeah. I don't know okay. how people ask so that, me. You've asked this multiple so that, times. That wasn't an Instagram suggestion. That was just <laughs> that you. Was, that was me, yeah. Okay. The, the very existence of Liz Truss in the year of 2022 uh, is a story uh, of the ups and downs. And multiple downs. Because there were so many gaffes. I mean, you, you you think back to when she was talking about, you know, relations with Ireland and she described Micheál Martin as the tea so sock, uh, which obviously got a bit of a hammering around the place. Uh, she was only in the job for how many days? 48, 49 days. That in itself is a gaff. Mm. Uh, her budget went down like a, like, I don't know. Lead I, balloon. Yeah. I mean, it was just really embarrassment after embarrassment for Liz Trust. Do you remember she tried to curtsy? Her curtsy was a, yeah. a gaff in itself, that's I would say. Budget, uh, and also she was, um, at the time after she had taken over from Boris Johnson, she went to a school uh, and she spoke to a lot of kids uh, about politics and uh didn't go well. They were asking basically when she was going to evict Boris Johnson. Here's what happened actually when she did uh, go meet those kids. What are they going to kick him out? Just go evict him. <laughs> Do me a favour. When you he come is. Prime Minister, evict him. <laughs> well, he will, he will have to move out at that point. That is true. That is true. Very smooth at handling Why the question. Why is she so bad at that? It's so bad. It's patter with children. Is it not the bread and butter for politicians? Why can't you do patter's it? Patter's a great word. I don't even like patter. Do you say patter? Say patter In these that. circumstances. Yeah. I just only recently discovered the word patter. It's a great word. She has no patter. Yeah, Liz uh, Truss. My, my suggestion for this was, um, <laughs> do you remember when the, the junior minister, Sean Fleming, at the outset of the cost of living crisis, yes, I do basically yes. said, listen, the government can't do everything, which is ever just, these weren't his words, but this was how it was heard. Basically, would you ever just suck it, suck it up and shop around? I and remember that. Stop, around, stop, moaning, yeah. stop, stop that moaning, stop complaining yeah. and shop around. And people were like, yeah. um, you know, you, I don't think you, a junior minister on 140 grand a year, I don't think you realise how much people are feeling the pinch of this. Mm. And that really kind of set the tone for a week or two as well. And in fact, one of the dominant stories of the year really has been mm -hmm. the cost of living crisis and whether the government feels like it's empowered or in touch with people and whether it's doing enough. And that, I think, in, in a way, did kick it off. Um, mm. Before we go take a break, um, under the radar story of the year. Um, I'm glad I've escaped that gap of the year. <laughs> We, oh, okay. Well, now that you've reminded us. <laughs> no, but I want an opportunity to defend my honour well, on this we were, one again. Well, we were having one of our planning calls. We are having one of our planning calls for this episode of the group chat and uh, Zara said, by the by, hey, who won the World Cup in the end? Um, <laughs> this being before the semi-finals of the World Cup. No, but sorry, in my defence, right, I thought it was over because like someone, our boss had gone last weekend. So I thought he'd gone for the final and someone else I know who doesn't watch soccer watched the match. So I just presumed, I just didn't even, I just like, oh, is it over? And you were like, it's still on. <laughs> And I was prepared. You really to had to be there, folks. <laughs> I was yeah. prepared to let that slide, and you brought it up. Yeah. Uh, I know. Zara, yeah. Clairvoy and Zara, wondering who had won the World Cup. Um, under the radar story of the year, um, there's been, there's a few. Obviously, the, the, everyone wants to, uh, to some degree, say climate change. I, I don't know whether you can truly say it's under the radar anymore because no. maybe it's not the headline every day but it's there. I would say one of the significant things in climate which happened this year which has been remarked on but hasn't really gotten the coverage that you'd 
think it might. It was obviously in the, Brazil had the presidential election there and Bolsonaro who had mm. undertaken this massive campaign of deforestation of the Amazon, which mm. is basically, you know, um, it's basically the lungs of the planet is the Amazon rainforest. Uh, the fact that Lula da Silva became president there and he's basically said, right, we're putting a halt to all that. Uh, that is a significant climate change story, the ramifications of which we don't know yet, but that's why we should keep an eye out on that one. So cl- climate-wise, that one. Uh, the one I had was something we've actually covered repeatedly on the podcast is um, the women of Iran, mm. uh, because I think that the ramifications of that story are just going to be very wide-reaching, um, as well as that, you know, there has been such a... Um, such a clampdown on good information coming out of there. And it's worth reflecting as well because we've seen a lot of it in the World Cup, the protests of players and fans. Mm. It was announced there over the last 24 hours that Amir Nazar Azadani, uh, a former Iranian national footballer, has now been sentenced to death as well as they've started carrying out executions there. Wow. So um, really it puts into context what is at stake for the people who are protesting in that mm. country. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other suggestion that we actually got on Instagram when we asked about this, someone again, again said the removal of the blood donation ban uh, yeah. for men who have sex mm. with men. And like that, it, in a way it has gone under the radar because it doesn't affect or doesn't materially impact um, a lot of people. But when you think about the absurdity that we've had in the last couple of years where every time there's a shortage in the blood supply in the Republic, we import blood from the UK. Mm. And the UK allows men who have sex yeah. with men to donate blood. So we were yeah. importing this product that we, which we didn't consider appropriate for Irish needs, but we were importing it from other countries anyway. Uh, but not not before time that was removed because the initial rationale had long exceeded its past or its, its sell-by date uh, and a natural reason for that. Uh, we have more, uh, another couple of awards uh, that we're going to get through. We're back in just a minute. Couple more groupie awards uh, to give out. Uh, the the name giggle. is, I know the name wow. is, yeah, it's going to stick now, yeah. isn't it? Uh, the WTF, which is our yes. uh, watershed friendly way of saying it, yes. moment of the year. Um, the, the re, the, there's one from today. The reopening of the Dunleary baths with no bath. There's no water in the oh. Dunleary baths. So what makes them baths? So what actually is it then? It's basically a little plaza, isn't it? Oh. So I think I think the, they said that they don't have the planning permission to basically do a, a pool there. So they've dug a pool into the structure that they've now unveiled and they can take the lid off it and turn it into a pool. But they don't have the planning permission to use it as a pool right now. So they've done this 17-year project to restore the baths in Dunleary. But there is nowhere to bathe. It's basically just a concrete plaza. On oh, the so you can't front. swim there then? No. Yes, no. So what? how are they baths? That's my WTF is, moment of okay, the year. Okay, that is, yeah. Um, the, of the you, year. <laughs> you reminded us of the golden moment. Uh, really, really put a lot of thought into this oh, one, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> you reminded us, Richard, of the golden moment where, uh, well, not so golden, really, a moment where Russian state TV did away with us. That was a good moment. It was a good moment for the country. <laughs> was, man. Really unified yeah. the country in, in WTFness, which was, of course, when the Russian state television uh, did a very dramatic CGI mock-up yeah. of a nuclear attack which started a tsunami which wiped out Ireland. Mm. And then there was the backlash to it to which they responded as well. I think Mike Michal Martin very deadpan described as very sinister sort of threat and all that sort of stuff which mm. I suppose you could take it as that. Yeah. I think most Irish people in the way that we always do thought it, this is just yeah, mental. He's, he, like, he said it should be withdrawn or like it couldn't be uh, condoned or something or he, he challenged the Russians to like retract it. And yeah. Like, no. It's like, not our job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the host who did this whole uh, flight of fancy about wiping out Ireland and Britain was like he was like I can't believe that Ireland flew into a rage and all that sort of stuff but that was a good one uh, uh, other suggestions from listeners Marjorie Taylor Greene I don't know if there's a moment that's just like the, the existence another of another existence of Marjorie yeah. Taylor Greene uh, the crib culture war uh, in Dublin City said don't get me started oh, the Bella Hadid Richard Boy Barrett one was great Yes, that was that was where, where, where in international superstar supermodel Bella Hadid was sharing videos on her Instagram to yeah. millions of followers 
of and Richard Boy Barrett. RBB. And, and, and managed entry into politics while saving, saving the baths in Dunleary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All very meta. Um, Matthew McGrath and Daz. That was a good Oh, good that was good. That was good. Uh, yes. Ask your parents and look it up. That's yeah. it. We're not going to explain it now. Um, the Spanish hospital being used for Irish patients on a waiting list. Yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, yes, the Marty yes. Whelan tattoo. I don't know that one. Remember somebody got, a, got into a dare and got a Marty Whelan tattoo. I don't, I don't remember, remember that. Yeah, was it definitely a dare? They weren't just like big fans of Martin Warren Lyric FM. No, it was a better dare. It was definitely, okay. yeah. Uh, we should have looked it up. Putin slash Ukraine is a pretty good WTF moment. Uh, Roe versus Wade. Matt, Hong- Matt Hancock, Hancock in the, the jungle. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I said from the get-go that he'd do really well in the jungle and he did, so I'd just did like you? to note that I did say that. Didn't I also say from the get-go that he'd be voted right through to yeah, the final and, he did, and then so. not win? Yeah, so you were right about that. Uh, finally, uh, our final this group. Is the this uh, is the big one. This is the big one. Unsung hero of the year. Can I can I say and three syllables for you? Yeah. Ekinsu. You think it's Ekinsu? I mean, I don't really, but I sort of feel like there was a lot of summer that she saved because she was just so riotously entertaining. Where's she now? Living with Davide somewhere. Are they still together? More Carbonara. Are they still together? I think so. Excellent. Right, well, I hope so for the benefit of whatever ITV2 spin-off show that they're making that we may end up showing in the new year. Truly, it was a while out of year I was getting um, this award. The one that came up the most actually from the listeners um, and I think it was actually quite nice was um, Father John Joe Duffy in Chrysler. Yeah. Actually, yes. Came up so yeah. many times for the leadership that he, he showed within his community um, around the time of the tragedy and how incredibly strong he was for everyone. So I have to say I couldn't agree with that more. So he is definitely my unsung hero of the yeah. year. A uh, few other suggestions. Oh well, um, no. You know we we slightly tough took, one to follow. Father. You know, we slightly took well, it's the not mic. about it's not a competition. No, you know, know. We, slightly, we slightly took the mic the other day when we started asking people for some of their highlights of the year, and like an absurd number of people said, "Oh, the launching of the group chat." And we were like, "If you think you're making your way into the podcast, oh. you're absolutely correct." Um, so <laughs> I've only just opened it up now, and someone says that uh, I I am their own song here of the year, which is Aww. nonsense. Um, Thanks. Why did you read it out, Gav? Thanks, wife. Um, someone says, Met Aaron, Unsung Hero of the Year. Someone else says, All the reporters who work tirelessly to get our news uh, every day. Um, Vicky Phelan, we will never yeah. repay there her for go. what she did for the women Vicky's of Vicky's not unsung, though. I feel like, you know, Vicky's yeah. a hero, full yeah. stop. Um, uh, Vera Pau. Yes. Vera Pau is a great show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the manager of the Ireland women's soccer team, who, aside from her success on the field, also had Tommy a Tommy Bowe's getting a mention in here as well. Go on, Tommy. That was over the Leo Varadkar um, interview where oh, yes. he confronted about homelessness. Uh, our camera person Owen, Ke- Owen Kelly got a mention yes, there. Yes, we love him. Uh, well, somebody, actually, somebody mentioned, somebody messaged me about this unsung hero and said Catherine Martin. I was like, okay, I'll write down Catherine Martin. Then the person got back to me and says, I meant to say Catherine Connolly and not Catherine Martin. <laughs> uh, so well done to both Catherines in the doll okay. uh, for their mentions in this. Uh, Nancy Pelosi got a mention there as well. Uh, Josh Bradley is somebody who I do want to mention. Uh, he is the son of the Shamrock Rovers manager Stephen Bradley. Uh, and people mightn't be aware of this, but Josh Bradley has been undergoing uh, a battle with leukemia, and Josh mm. has effectively through um, effectively raising awareness. Uh, the story has effectively raised tens and tens and thousands of euro uh, for cancer charities in Ireland. Uh, so well done to Josh and everybody sort of involved in that one as well. Uh, Unsung here as well, there's a couple of World Cup related ones. Uh, the Moroccan uh, players, Maz. Yeah, that was one of my suggestions actually because I think that they, they've just brought such colour to it but also Morocco could be on the cusp of going all the way and if they do it will be because of the vibes brought by the mammies of the players excellent vibes those people. World yeah. Cup schedulers who made it possible to see England and Ronaldo lose 
on both the same day <laughs> which I think is brilliant to be honest not all heroes wear capes and yeah. I think as well like also people who work on the news that you don't see on the TV we, they we, are who we must single out because we've only yeah. got one minute left and this is our last episode our of last the year one. so uh, let's we, have a love in about the people we work let's with let's have a love in because yeah. uh, people when they tune in on the news they see reporters standing in front of a microphone yeah. you never see the camera crews behind the microphone the you never see staff. the VT editors the camera staff the uh, the assistant producers the producers floor the managers editors, floor managers everyone involved in putting the thing together and everyone of course in the gallery none of it would ever happen without them certainly this podcast and this yeah. TV version of the podcast will have never happened without them I can tell you the crew who work on this podcast have had their patience <laughs> tested a couple of so, times so before, before we test their patience anymore uh, we better wrap up yeah. uh, this is the last group chat of the year we will be back in the new year in your audio forms and on TV too uh, thank you for tuning in in whatever format you have done uh, all across the year uh, it's been great to be part of so many people's lives and so many people have sent us nice things over the course of the year so thanks to everyone who has uh, watched or listened and showed up at Electric Picnic uh, thank you Zara King thank you very much I've really enjoyed this season it's been fun it's been let's fun. do this again sometime let's do it again in January. thank you Richard Chambers <laughs> thanks Gav <laughs> <laughs> thanks Maxine oh, Ross thanks, and Maxine, Gareth Gillian. and Killian we Ev- love you everyone made it what it is and thank you for listening and watching we will see you again in the new year happy Christmas happy Christmas have a good one bye infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing we wondered the same thing so we made byheart a better formula for formula learn more at byheart.com